Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and my guest, Noelle Salazar, a local author with a great love of historical fiction. This latest book is truly a delight for us in the Northwest, as the story largely unfolds in Ballard and Seattle 100 years ago. It's a great journey, a great experience, as we encounter the spectrum of characters and life of the area that we know as the Roaring Twenties. The book, The Roaring Days of Zora Lilly, is one we just don't want to end. We want to live with these characters. And so let's just meet Noelle and get some special insights. Noelle Salazar, good morning, and thank you for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my pleasure, because stories. You write wonderful stories. I love to read stories. I think we all really enjoy stories, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, I hope so. (laughs) Well, I think the majority of us, even if we aren't consciously thinking of it, stories just really have a way of touching us. And that's the thing. They have a way of touching us, but a story can be interpreted in so many different ways for different people, depending on our experiences. So that's why I think stories are so great in general. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's an escape from, you know, real life, and <laughs> which is sometimes needed. So Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so now we have this brand new book, The Roaring Days of Zora Lilly, which when we met earlier this year, you had and let us know that you were going to be or you were in the process of writing it because here it is freshly out and uh, let's touch on that Zora Lilly uh, because it's such a unique name has its roots though in your family right it does yes Yes. which I didn't know um and I'm I'm still bitter about this um (laughs) until about it was about five years ago I was at a memorial service for another family member uh and my aunt started talking about how she'd been on ancestry.com as we all like to do and go down that rabbit hole. But she was trying to um, look up her mother's line. And so we knew her, I knew my great grandmother, um, but I'd never heard my great, great grandmother's name. I knew she and her husband had come down from Canada and settled in Ballard and they were part of the logging boom and they lived in a logging camp. And I'd seen a picture um, of her, I'm not sure that her and her husband were in it, but the eight children they had were, and they're standing in front of this little house they lived in in this logging camp. Um, but yeah, so we'd never, I'd never heard their names. And so she's just, you know, talking and, and just throws out there, oh, Horatio and Zora Lily. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I've never heard this name. Why wasn't it passed down? I would have named my kid that probably because it's so fantastic. But also it's Zora and, you know, it's in the 20s. And to me, I think Zelda. And it's, so I, it was just this whole thing, and my, my brain sort of exploded, and I just thought, she needs a story. And I don't know what that's, that story is going to be, but I'm going to find her a story. She, I want her name out there. I want people to know this name. And it is a really captivating name. There's a sense of exotic about it, but also just... I, it, it, there's a fragility to it too. Yeah, uh, that uh, you know, I just, which I think comes through in the story too, good, right? Good. Yes. In terms of the person that Zora is, and then and who she is as she evolves. Yeah, it has that kind of delicate beauty about it. Yes, thank right? you. Yes, I think so too. <clears throat> so maybe that kind of just spoke to you as to who she would be. Yeah, I mean, I just, it was this fantastic and like you said, sort of exotic sounding name that seems like so maybe out of place, but also not for that time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so yeah, it just it, it just stood out, and I couldn't let it go. And I just and the, I think the lily part of it is what kind of makes it very endearing and sweet and delicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zora sounds kind of powerful and and sassy. So I just I just had to find something, some way to 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 bring her to life in in some way, shape, or form. And what's you know kind of interesting and sweet to me is is that. The real Zora Lily, she was actually illiterate, which is not uncom- uncommon for that time. But mm-hmm. the fact that I I write stories and my great great grandmother like couldn't even read them, you know, is sort of sweet to me. And I imagine that you know, hopefully, she'd get the audiobook if she was around, <laughs> or we would read to her. <laughs> exactly, or she then might be prompted to want to learn to exactly, read. Exactly. Yes. You never know how that, that happens. That's the better answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but. You know, in all fairness, audiobooks are really great. They are, and yes. they certainly have a role in our lives these days. I mean, I I had never actually been able to listen to audiobooks for years, unless it was nonfiction. Then it felt like the person, if you know, it was usually the person it was about was telling this story, and so I felt like I, I was sitting down in their living room being told a story by them. But when it was fiction, it I kind of would get pulled out, and I think sometimes it was because I'd get so sort of excited by a detail they gave that my brain <laughs> wanted to go somewhere else and make another story. Um, But this year, I fell in love with audiobooks, like, big time. (laughs) It's now an obsession. I cannot not have one going. Oh, isn't that? Well, they are a great way to accompany us if, you know, if we need to do something as mundane as housework. Yes, absolutely. Or if we're even cooking and we're on our own. I do puzzles to them. I go for long walks listening to them. Mm. I mean, even if I have only five minutes in the car, I'm running to the store real quick. I will, like, throw it on. I want to know what's happening next. So, yeah, I love it. So... Is this going to be an audio book? It is, yes. It is. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Are you going to narrate? Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I, no. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear this voice. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say that. But, you know, there we have our, what, our niches and, uh, you know, where we feel I mean, audiobook narrators are magic because all the different voices they can do. Oh, and that. I mean, I cannot do that. So I, I leave that to them. <laughs> Definitely. Well, True. I wasn't thinking. I'm not so great with voices. I love narrating, but yeah, multiple I don't want to do a man's voice or, you know, like I just I don't want to throw somebody out of a story. To, you know, I feel terrible. <laughs> right. OK, so that we know is <laughs> yeah. that you can get this in audiobook yes. form, too, as well. So th- we've talked about uh, the main character, Zora Lily, mm-hmm. and coming up with what she did. And well, this is this should is pretty clear. I mean, we're talking about the 20s and there being fashion and all the... It it was a a crazy time because it was celebration time and but it was also prohibition right and i mean you get put those two things together and there's a lot of clashing that going on and that comes up in the story so did you need to do much research for that yeah um i do i find it like such an interesting time like this pocket of time where I feel like women became women especially kind of just became unbuttoned and what and and that's fascinating to me because then the depression happens and they become buttoned again <laughs> so it was really this pocket right so the pandemic had happened um, there had been a great war and so yeah I just I find it very fascinating how um, these, you know, the people of that time just sort of took it upon themselves to like, I don't know, let go. And it was fun doing this research of 
what was happening with the bootlegging and and what the women were wearing and getting into and um it, I mean I th- felt like I went down so many different rabbit holes and I had like just notebooks where I'm just you know I've scribbled so many things of and trying to get them all into the book and then like uh this doesn't fit here but oh my gosh it's so fantastic and <laughs> that's always the hardest part I think of writing is just um you write so many notes you've done so much research and you can't possibly get it all in there um so yeah I mean I did a ton of research and it was so especially fun I think just because it's Seattle and that's like that's my city and I mm-hmm. I, I spent my early 20s in Seattle and going to clubs and and stuff so um yeah I mean definitely a lot of a lot of research um but and just interesting and fun and I kind of didn't want to stop you know it was just it was um great to to learn again like about my city and what was I feel like a lot of times when you read stories or watch movies that are take place in the twenties, it's East Coast or like Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and so it was very interesting to me to like learn about my own, my home, you know, what we were doing, what we were up to, and that is one of the big things about this story about the book, The Roaring Days of Zora Lily, for us, because it's set in our city, yeah. and I know I, you know, see feeling like oh, this is Ballard Kosh, but it was going all the way into town. And you can appreciate that, you know, even now, actually, it's a trek to get right. to Ballard. Yeah. But, but to appreciate what it was like then, it was like a, quite a separate city yes. in that way. And and mentioning the Smith Tower, Zora being able to see the Smith Tower, yeah. and, you know, trying to envision where were some of these larger homes situated, mm-hmm. thinking of Capitol Hill. Were they on Capitol Hill? I'm trying to remember now. You just asked me that in my brain. Like, I knew you were going to ask it, and my brain just sort of stopped. I believe so. (laughs) Well, when one's working on a new book. Yeah, Yeah, that's what happens. You shove all that stuff back. Um, It's funny, too. Like, you know, doing all the research and looking at the city because, you know, there's the Great Fire of 1889 that basically, like, took everything out. And then, you know, they were – the log boom was happening, and and there's these pictures of, like – they had taken, you know, down a lot of buildings that, well, some had burned or whatever. And then you'd see these massive houses that were left on top of hills that they ended up like building around and building up to create new communities. And so, yeah, it's um, it was just so fun to just kind of like envision all of it. And and just especially the Smith Tower and how, you know, that was like her glory days and the tallest building at that time. And now yes. she's just sort of dwarfed and still so sweet. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And there is, if, if people haven't found this, there's a certain angle where it's, um, you can look at it and you see the Smith Tower and then the huge tall Columbia Tower behind it. And it's just interesting oh. how that perspective really shows the, you know, what was the highest and what right. is the tallest now. And it's just, Oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go find that yeah. uh, view. If you look from, if you have to be kind of on the south end yeah. around the stadiums in that area yeah, okay. and you see that, but, um, but it, it continues to be a glorious building. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I went in there cause they have the speakeasy, um, where you can, you know, you can get food and drinks and then there's like a I don't know if you'd call it a balcony, but you can walk like all the way around and gorgeous views, of course. And so that's really fun to do. I'm actually hoping to do that next week, like take a little kind of jaunt downtown and and take some pictures of different places that are mentioned in the book. So, yes. And have those on your website. Exactly. Right. Yep. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
ooh, see something further <laughs> to look forward to. But the book is freshly out, so we should be looking for it, or at if we don't find it, of course, ask for it at our favorite bookstores. Absolutely. October yeah. 3rd. And and get it and get immersed in this story because it oh it's just so fabulous. There's so many wonderful things. Family, of course, yes. being a part of it. And you yes. were saying how there was the family of eight kids. Yes, and and that bond is so uh, important to to Zora. And I, you and I talked a bit before we actually started in earnest in this conversation. <laughs> and family obviously is very important to you. It is, yes. And I, you know, my own family that I've created is, is so incredibly important, but I've always had really strong familial bonds. Um, I, I have wonderful, funny siblings, and my parents were always just fun, and our house is kind of filled with music and a lot of laughter, and my grandparents were amazing people. My my grandfather was a Marine. Um, his wife was, like, the feistiest woman you'd ever meet, but just, like, the kindest, and they were the kind of people that just, like, you are not a stranger once you come over. You are now family, and and so I, I wanted to give her that, um, I, and I wanted her to to always, you know, kind of come back to them and, and always have them on her mind. And um, because, I, I mean, I feel like that's something that I do. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always, like, wanting to make sure that everybody's included and or, um, I don't know, feels loved and feels wanted and stuff. And, and so I think, you know, she just – she never loses sight of, like, where she comes from. And right. um, she – she never really like I mean, she kind of distances herself because of need. Um, but she's oh, they're always on her mind. She's, you know, and, and later in the book, she is still including them in some ways like she yes. it's very important to her to keep her roots, which is really beautiful and something that maybe in our society, because we've become so far flung, yeah. is so incredible and needed for us to just feel that connection. And, you know, I sometimes wonder if why we have so many challenges and things going on in our world is because we've really become too separated. Yeah. If we really could stay together to our core and what our roots are. I, I have to say I'm, I am envious of there are cultures, you know, that they do. They keep their families like in a home, you know, the grandparents, the parents, the children, mm. the children come back or they take in their the parents. And, you know, and I, I've always been very sort of envious of of that because you you learn like the young children learn so much from these older generations and it keeps the older generations I think young and and learning and um interested and involved and I just think it's it's just very important I, it was hard for me um in the last I want to say decade now I guess it is my two of my siblings moved away and we'd always been so close knit and my my um I had two uncles move away as well, and it was just like, oh my gosh, we're diminishing, and it's it's actually painful for mm-hmm. me. I I hate it. You know, these are my people. These this is my tribe. These are the original tribe, and and so it's very, very painful for me to to not have these. You know, the two siblings um, not in the same state. Uh, so when they do come, we are just ridiculous. <laughs> Basically pig piling on each other. <laughs> Doesn't matter how old we are. We don't care. We just, we love each other so mm-hmm. much. 
Yeah. Oh, and so that's, I find that tr- thread certainly yes. is right there in your book. So what's important has its way of making, coming to the printed page, but in a way that is part of the story. But it's you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we we find you and your values all woven through. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But so how did you decide that fashion was going to be what Zora would can you say? Or is that you know something? what? I <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just trying to find something that she could do on this tiny little level. Um, that could just be this very small thing that she can mm. do with her mother that brings in this little bit of money, but that could be massive. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I think of these grand designers. They had to start somewhere. And you imagine that they probably just started, like, sewing on some buttons or a snap or something, you know. Yeah. And so I was trying to just find something that could be very small. But that could also be very big. And her trying to navigate where she she belongs in that. And I think um, kind of the main theme of the story is not like not finding where you belong, but like deciding where you belong. Because mm. she really she does. She she finds herself in all these different worlds. But it, ultimately, she decides like she belongs in, in this space and she creates that space. And I think that's you know, a lesson for all of us, you know, to like, you can create the space that you belong in. You don't have to like be over there, over here. Like you, you can sit here and do the thing. It's like, um, I'm, I'm working on a new book and I feel like the theme of that is like the, the grass is greener, you know, where you tend to, where you plant it, where you take care of it. And so, yeah, I think for her, um, belonging and learning, like create the place you belong is kind of a major theme of this story. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the fashion, it was just like, it was just really trying to find like what could be small and then what could be massive and where does she, where does she want to be in that? And that is really such a great message to not discount any small thing that we might have some real passion about yeah. that we really love and how that can then blossom into, well, you know, a huge career. Well, and, you know, I've learned this in, in my own career that we all have our own lanes. And I feel like, you know, we all have these moments where we get very envious because somebody got something and we want that. And we didn't even know that existed yesterday. But today we know and now we want it. And and if we don't get it, we become, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm not good enough. And you have to remember, like, this is my lane and I'm going to do what I do. And whatever comes, you know, because of what I do, then that's my lane. And you can strive for things, of course, but, you know, we all have our part to play. And, and again, like I was just kind of thinking, like it was, became visual for me like this, having the little thing and the big thing, like there's so many different levels within, you know, that scope that, you know, we all just get our piece of it. So there's no wrong one to pick and there is no one is not better than the other necessarily. Um, you know, her mother sitting there sewing, she's she's doing a service for so many people that are so yeah. grateful. So it is a, it's an amazing, wonderful thing she's doing. And so it shouldn't be like discounted as like, you know, little work. It's it's good work. So, yes. yeah, yeah, totally honest work and something people really need. It makes a difference. Exactly. Especially in, you know, in, you know, these times they're they live in poverty. The people around them are mostly, you know, in poverty and they, you know, maybe they're working so much at their job that doesn't pay much, but they don't have time to sew their own clothes. So they have this, you know, thankfully this person down the road or whatever that can can help them out. So, yeah, 
There, there's no shame in doing those those small jobs. No. There's also the theme of the inequities that we have in our world. That, yes. That was 100 years ago. And, and they're we still would, here. And they're still here. <laughs> yes. Maybe even sometimes feeling more pronounced that, you know, that's gut-wrenching. Yes. And but it, it honestly inclu- you honestly include it in the context of the story because that's what existed and it it is important for us to realize that yes i mean and- it was important to me to um honor you know the people that that experienced these things um in a very respectful way um mm-hmm. but i didn't want to shy away from it i thought yeah. it should be included and i just you know it was a very colorful time in so many different ways and this is very eye-opening to Zora and so I wanted you to see this through her eyes and um and again I feel like she's a lot like me in that we we just love people and we just want people to be happy Mm. and so she's she's not bothered she you know she's like celebrates these you know everybody um and so um but yeah I it was a, a kind of scary thing to write as well because um, when you're writing communities that you're not necessarily a part of, you have to be careful. Um, but again, I didn't want to shy away from it. And there was many, many talks with my editor and we had a sensitivity reader just to make sure that it was done in a in an honest and respectful way. Um, but I again, I just I didn't want to leave it out. I didn't mm-hmm. want to whitewash it. Um, so yeah, I hope that it's you know people enjoy maybe seeing a little of themselves and there may be some some beginnings. Um, I just, I loved, um, just I loved reading that part of the, you know, doing that part of the research too. And um, it, it was just very interesting to me. But again, because there is the parallel of, of what we're going through now. I mean, it's, it's still happening. This stuff is still happening and it's frustrating. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... It was very important to me to just make sure that you got to see all of the 20s as much as, you know, as much as I could allow in 400-something pages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Without making it like, you know, a textbook or something. And, you know, to that, it was just interesting the way that you moved us through the story. You know, it was it was a lot of time, and yet it was a short time, compressed yeah. time. But yet, in, in, you didn't beleaguer that. It, we were able to just... It was a smooth transition. I, I had to just stand back at that point and admire, like, oh, that was very smooth bringing us here. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that so much because I, at one point, I was like, am I blathering? <laughs> and I just felt like, because that, I've never written a book as fast as I wrote this book. It just poured out of me. It mm. just wanted, the story wanted to be told. And that was just amazing to me. So it made me feel like, okay, I don't know if anybody will like this, but for me, I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that it's it's getting a lot of love so far, and as well it should. Speaking <laughs> of love, though, there is romance too, there which is, is really <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> and 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 that too feels so genuine, and and also somewhat eye opening. Realizing that you know, as the women, as you said, you know, at that time they were becoming unbuttoned. Yes. Well, you know. True to form, they, they were not uh, puritanical. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you know, we had the speakeasies going at that time and such. So yeah, I I thought that was really handled beautifully. Thank you. But honestly, again, yeah. Um, I well, 
part of it was a little, um, I love Pride and Prejudice, and I wanted a kind of a, a tiny hint of a Pride and Prejudice moment, so that's why he's British. <laughs> um, oh. And, uh, yeah, it, it sort of, to me, was in a way mirroring my first book, The Flight Girls, um, with Audrey and James, and just sort of this, I think we all want to find somebody who just accepts us as we are and encourages who we are and doesn't try and change us. Um, and so, and I think during that time, you know, there there wasn't a lot of that f- for women. You know, you you had a duty, you had a role to play, and then that's what you did for the most part. And so it's always, I don't know, I love writing these women that just have a mind of their own and they they want to succeed and they persevere and and um, and then to, to ha- for them to find somebody who just just freaking loves them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, Harley, actually, by the way, is um, a family name as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I did. I dropped some some family names here and there just because it was fun. <laughs> well, speaking of things being dropped for fun, then, and you said you like Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. but then Jane Austen makes her way into the book. It's kind yeah. of it's fun to find these little yeah, things yeah. that are your little. <laughs> Nod yeah, to what's eggs <laughs> for me, like personal things. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I do things too. Um, I, like I try and carry little things over from each book. Um, the the girl's last names in Angels of the Resistance means little bird, which in The Flight Girl, Audrey is called little bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember what I did for Zora, but there is something there. I try and just drop something in from each one because I just think it's fun. Oh, that's fun for me. <laughs> well, sure. And that's, that's If important. anybody notices it, then great on their own. But now I've told everybody. So. Well, now as we have these conversations or, you know, if people, you know, look no, at yeah. your web page and see these things and then begin to look for them. In fact, we should mention your website. Oh, it's uh, noelsalazar.com. Real Pretty simple. easy. <laughs> just very easy. Yes. yes. So, so the book, as we said, it's available now, so be sure to read it. It's it's deeply entertaining, a lot of fun, so engaging, um, so a real treat. Thank you. And then <laughs> you said you are already in the process of a new book. So I am. What are we looking forward to? What, what little nugget can you drop for us this time, like you dropped Zora for me the last <laughs> time we talked? Well, so I actually have a book that's coming out next year. Um and that book, and that's not even the one I was talking about. Oh. So, yeah, so that one's written, um, just waiting for my edits. Um, and that, we go back to World War II, and it's about a flight nurse. I I ended up down a rabbit hole, as writers do. Um, and I didn't realize that flight nurses didn't even exist until World War II. And then I started reading accounts of their training and their... <laughs> how they had to live and oh my goodness the stories of these women you know there's a story uh, you know they'd go if they were in the pacific they'd go to the like basically tents that they lived in there'd be like a snake in their bed um and then there was like one i'm trying to remember they were in india and the woman was being taken to her her cabin she was going to live in and there was a cow inside and they're like you can't touch them because they're sacred so they had to like shoo them out and then she like wakes one morning to wetness on her face and a cow is in there licking her face and again you can't touch them so she's like scurrying out trying to like wave it away and then you know in the pacific they'd have 
typhoons and their their stuff would be like washed away and um, and they're just dealing with all this and then having to get on planes and tend to these wounded soldiers sometimes the wounded soldiers were actually prisoners of war German prisoners of war and then that would cause like mm-hmm. you know something on the plane um so and the wounds and oh my gosh I I this was the first book that when I got to the end of it I didn't want to leave it I've never like not wanted to leave. I just wanted to stay in this world and like, where are you going mm-hmm. now? What are you going to do now? And so, um, but it, it is, a, is a bit of a dual timeline. And there, so there's a present day story. And I'm just, I love this book so much. I cannot wait for it to be in the world. Um, but I am working on something right now um, that I hope will be coming out maybe in 2025. And it took me to a little town called Grassington in the UK. And they do this 1940s weekend. And so I got dressed up and I w- <laughs> went to this 1940s weekend. It was amazing. I now want everybody I know to go and experience this. Um, but they bring out old cars and uh, like Spitfires. And um, every- I mean, there were women that were probably 80 years old and they were dressed, I, I can't even tell you, like gorgeous, better than me. And um, men and they're in uniform or oh, there are these two guys dressed like they were pilots and they had they had made these scarves that looked like they were blowing. So they like, had wires in them. It was hilarious. And they had these massive like mustaches plastered on their faces um, of pictures, I think, on my Instagram account. You should go see them. They're funny. Um, but yeah, so it just inspired an idea. And so I'm excited to start writing that um, and hopefully go back to Grassington next year because I'm now obsessed. (laughs) Well, that sounds fabulous and something for us to be looking forward to because we'll um, certainly lose ourselves in the roaring days of Zora Lily. And then we'll need something else. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being such a wonderful storyteller. Thank you very much. And wanting to share the stories that are burbling inside (laughs) of you. They definitely are. (laughs) They're trying to get out. Well, Noelle Salazar, it's been fun to meet you in person this time. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being such a, as I said, a great storyteller and for taking time with us today. Thank you for having me. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Noelle Salazar and Sunday Morning Magazine with Antonia Bowering. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, Find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of being the best self we imagine we can be. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.